<clears throat> okay, joining me today is none other than Brisbane's finest, Dan Hill. Now, Dan, the reason why I wanted to get you on is because I found out you were headlining the next Eternal card. And then I went back and looked at your highlights and looked at your record. And honestly, man, I've got to say, you have such a bright future. Uh, Thanks, mate. First off, right off the bat, I watched your uh, submission against Josh Tonga in the fourth round. And I thought, well, I thought that was going to go the distance. And then you put him away and you secure that submission. I thought it was phenomenal. Tell me, man, what was your game plan going into that fight? Um, it was sort of just to uh, strike with him, um, look for the takedown here and there, you know, just do my MMA, you know, I'm pretty good at all around, you know, I feel that I've got a really good MMA game, so um, yeah, just sort of go with the flow, strike, try and take him down, <clears throat> couldn't get him down, he was pretty, had pretty good takedown defence off the cage, I found out, um, found that out pretty quick, I shot in, you know, he was pretty, pretty technical in that sense, and um, yeah, just kept striking, and then wore him down and then he actually took me down and um yeah we we're on the ground and then i um yeah obviously i hit him with that nice uh hip bump sweep and then um yeah straight on to me out and he turned and then um yeah took his back and choked me out oh nice man. that was absolutely solid now you've got a big fight coming up in august 7th you are going to be headlining next eternal card uh, I'm sorry, apologies for wrong, but is this is the first time you're going to be a main event? Yeah, that's correct. Main event, first time. Since the stepping up in the world. How do you feel? Uh, yeah, I feel like I can carry that flag pretty well, you know. I've got a lot of support up in um, Brisbane, so I should have a lot of people coming to see me and um, they should make some uh, plenty of noise for me. So it should be good. And I expect to be a good show with Mumford. You know, pretty good matchup. So I'm looking forward to it, mate. Brilliant to hear. And it's glad that you are, um, sorry, I'm here in Perth right now. So obviously we have capacity back in crowds. What's the situation right now in Brisbane? Apologies, I'm not really following the news lately. In terms of COVID, I mean. Uh, we're still wearing masks in um, closed off places. I'm not sure how long that will be for. I think that'll be gone by the time it turns on. And um, I think the capacity is limited, but um, the venue we're finding out is only 600 people anyway. So I don't think that matters. And I think because it's a typical event, like you buy tickets, I think that makes a difference with the COVID situation. Like because it's ticketed, that won't get like uh, the capacity is different or something like that. This is what I've been hearing. I don't really follow the news either, to be honest. <laughs> I just right. and this thing is goes ahead. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. Like it's. A weird time right now to be watching the news, like especially if you live in Sydney, like dudes having flaming swords at protests and throwing yeah. paint at the police. And yeah. Now they got, I think they got literally like 180 cases yesterday. I'm not sure what it was today, but yeah, uh, honestly, I don't know what the fuck is going on over there. It's not, it's not great. That's all I can say. No. Anyway, man. So let's let's rewind the clocks back a little bit, man. So tell me, what, what is your background, and how did you get involved in MMA in the first place? Uh, so I grew up in Tassie, uh, Launceston, Tasmania. I started uh, boxing when I was about fourteen, so that was way back. Um, I did that for a couple of years, and then I started BJJ. And um, because there was no like, MMA is not very. Like, wasn't very good back in Tassie, like in Launceston. So um, I sort of done BJJ and I had to do amateur boxing at the same time. 
and I started like doing a bit of Muay Thai. So I'd have to train Muay Thai somewhere else and then boxing somewhere else and then do YouTube somewhere else, if that makes sense. Mm. And um, so there was never really any MMA gyms in Lunceston. So I kept training there till I was about 17. <clears throat> and then I moved up to Suntown Place in Queensland. And then that's where I started training at Integrated MMA on the Sunshine Coast with uh, a guy called Rob Grafita. That was my coach. Um, and um, because Rob was uh, tied in with uh, Integrated in Brisbane, which is an hour drive, uh, so we would train up at Brisbane twice a week and then we would do the rest of our training on the sunny coast. Uh, with these, these gyms are now. And then, um, yeah, so I turned, I had my first amateur fight when I was 17 up in, um, in Queensland. Yeah, a B, this is B class, so amateur. And then I had a couple more, had two more. So I think I was, yeah, 17, 18. I had, so I've had three fights all that amateur. And then I had my first pro when I was 19. So <clears throat> that was, um, that was my first professional one. So after that, I had my next one when I was about 20, I think. I remember around 20. And I took a bit of a layoff after that. I, um, I sort of had a falling out with my coach, <clears throat> my coach uh, on the Sunshine Coast. So um, that was uh, just like personal things. Um, and then so I still trained in Brisbane with Adrian Pang, but because that was an hour drive, I would only get up there like three times a week because I, it was uh, a bit of a drive. So... I was sort of just training and uh, wasn't really doing much. I was partying a lot. Um, wasn't really going anywhere, really. Didn't really have much uh, purpose, I guess. <clears throat> and then um, I uh, ended up uh, getting a job at Nitro Boxing in uh, Brisbane. So I made the move from the Sunshine Coast to Brisbane, which is only an hour, but still I um, packed everything up, moved to Brisbane, started working at Nitro as a personal trainer. So like holding pads and all that. Uh, under Blair Studley. So that's um, obviously <coughs> Isaac Arben's coach. You probably know Isaac Arben, the MMA fighter turned boxer. So I started training with um, Blair, and Blair's obviously good friends with Adrian. So them gyms are tied in together, Nitro and Integrated. So um, now I train <coughs> at Nitro and I train at Integrated too. So I do all my striking at Nitro and I go up to Adrian's gym two to three times a week to do my MMA training. so, And then, obviously, when I started competing again end of last year, I've uh, found my purpose again, you know, and I've got a good gym to train at. And um, I'm back on track, so that's why I'm being a bit more active now. And, yeah, you're seeing me fight a lot more now. That's great to hear. Are you still with Nitro? Yeah, I'm still working with Nitro. Yeah. And, so and I was going to say... I work with Nitro and I train at Integrated also. Awesome. So I'm guessing that is your, what is it? Because obviously as being a professional fighter, you know, uh, you're spending all your time training. I was, the question I was going to ask was, are you, do you have like another day job that you do to supplement your income obviously? And then is this through coaching? Yeah. So I work in office, I hold pads and um, take people through workouts as a personal trainer. So we do like our clients in the morning uh, from, you know, 5.36 in the morning to about 9, 9.30. And then we train as a team at 10, at 10 a.m. every day. So I get my first session in. And then um, obviously we do a few more clients in the Arbo and night, and then I'll go to the integrated 
at night time and do a uh, session up there so twice a day. And I'm just living, I'm basically in the gym all day, um, every day. So it's pretty much living in the gym. I feel you, man. <laughs> From one, uh, one personal trainer to another, I feel you, man. So let's talk about your first fight now. Of course, I, I might not have all the facts written down, uh, so correct me where I'm wrong. Uh, from re research I found, your first amateur fight was in 2014 against Scott Lowe. Is that correct? Um, that's correct. But um, I actually had, a, had another one before that, which wasn't sanctioned. Oh, um, I see. Wasn't, not on the record, but that was just a deep off one. But yeah, my first sanctioned amateur one was with Scott Lowe on the Oh, okay. So if you don't mind me asking um, about the first one, why wasn't it sanctioned? Uh, it was one that was in a basketball stadium in a place called Harvey Bay, which is in Queensland somewhere. And it was just run by like, uh, it was just a dodgy sort of show, you know what I mean? And it was um, a lot of the referee and everything and like the doctor and all that. And like, it just wasn't sanctioned by uh, MMA Australasia, that was all. I see. So tell me about the first fight, that unsanctioned fight then. What did they have you do? Did they have you go wrap up in the backdoor toilets and then you don't get a walkout so you just run straight to the cage? What was that like? <laughs> no, it was pretty well, pretty well um, clean. Like when you were at the back warmed up, it was a pretty good warm-up area. I had my hands wrapped on a coach and um, had a referee and someone go over the rules. And um, yeah, it was all smooth. It was just like a, it was in a ring though. It wasn't in a cage. So it was pretty, pretty dodgy for the first fight, but. <laughs> I ended up winning by the studio, so it was a good first one. Very nice. And then you had, after that was Scott, and then after that was James Hooper, uh, which was in 2015. Yeah. So from there, from James Hooper to your first ever professional fight against Kimo Smith, what made you want to take the jump after just three amateur fights? Um, I felt that I was ready to go. And, um, you know, I was kind of like the elbows type perspective, you know, fighting with elbows and longer rounds. I just thought, you know, I'm, I just didn't think there was any point in having another amateur fight when I could just be turning pro and, you know, starting to have a winning record in the pro ranks. That was all. And my, obviously my coach was, <coughs> obviously my coach agreed. And so, yeah. I see. So, wow. Okay. And then, uh, if you don't mind me asking you, how old is okay, So, 2014 was your uh, first recorded amateur fight, and 2015, 2016. How old were you at the time of 2016? Did you say you were 20 when you turned pro? I was 19. Yeah. Well, yeah congratulations. That's congratulations. Yeah. It's really young as well to be turning pro. Yeah. So, since then, yeah. How old are you now? Uh, just 10.5, so still pretty young, but getting on a little bit, and it's time to pull the trigger a bit more, I reckon, so it's going to be more active. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. Hope happy belated birthday as well, you know. <laughs> I mean, you've considered all your fights, you're 8-0, and oh, but 5 in a professional record, but let's call yeah. it 8-0 for the time being. Anyway, yeah. uh, let me ask you, man, so you fought already this year and you said you want to be more active like how and you've got your next fight coming up in the 7th of august how many more fights yeah. do you plan to have before the year is through well i reckon i only get one more in at this rate in august by the time this fight's over august september yeah probably get one more in but i would like to get two but we'll see you know it all depends how you pull up yeah i might have a war with mumford and I might break a bone or have an injury <clears throat> if i'm fresh and ready I'll go again. 
Awesome, man. So you are now also fight. Uh, oh, so apologies. You're also fighting at uh, 155 pounds. Uh, do you plan to stay in this weight category? You're hoping to bump up or bump down, or you know, what's your what's your plan? Um, well, I plan to stay at lightweight. You know, if anything, I'm going to get a little bigger, and then stay at this weight. You know, I probably could make featherweight. I've always been a smaller lightweight. I feel, <clears throat> but um, I feel that's one of my strengths. You know, I don't cut too much weight, and you know, I've always got a little gas in there. So I always go to three or five rounds. And um, I can always push the pace. I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I don't cut shitload of weight like some guys. But, um, yeah, I plan to stay at white weight for sure, mate. Sounds good. So, what's okay, if you plan to stay at white weight, you don't have to cut much weight. What's the process that you go through? Do you have to cut much weight for fight day? Um, I generally cut about three kilos of water on fight day, which is not really much in this day and age compared to some of the other guys. So, you know, it comes off pretty quick, a couple of rounds in the bath and the towels, and um, I'm ready to go. So, yeah, it's not not a very good part for me. Oh, that's good. The old bath and towels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that one a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the saunas are not as fun as people say they like, they like them to be. I mean, if you're using it for a method of recovery, uh, they like them. But if you use it to cut all that weight, they, oof, they can take a toll on the body. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't sweat. It's not, you know, it takes me way longer. Like, but I'd go to the swing, I can only lose a kilo in like 30 minutes. But compared to the bath where I just shred like, yeah, one, yeah, at least one and a half kilos in my first bath, which is only 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, 10 minutes in the towel. And it's like a kilo and a half, nearly two. So, yeah, I prefer to use the bath. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. So let me ask you, man. Uh, the reason why I like to ask fighters is because I, too, myself, is, I am a strength coach. Now, uh, yeah. I believe in strength conditioning to be used across any, pretty much almost any sport. So from me to you, like, what's it I like as an MMA fighter? What do you do for your strength? So what do you do for your strength and conditioning? Um, I've got a program from uh, my coach, Bert, so. It's uh, two weight sessions a week and three, two to three running sessions a week. So it depends, um, depends how the body is on the third running session. But so yeah, two strength. Obviously the, obviously it's different phases of the um, like the fight. So you know strength at the start, and then um, like a bit of explosive stuff, and then like speed towards the end. And then the running, the running is different. There's block different blocks. It's done on the air runner. You, the um, the treadmill without like the one that you use to push the air runner. I don't know if you've seen them. The one where you just run and it's like a conveyor belt, that, that one. So we, we do the runs on that. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's all different blocks. So, you know, so it's a 10 week running program. So, um, they're all different speeds and like, um, different sets and times. So, yeah, it's very hard to explain, but they get you peak by the time the fight's on your peak. So, yeah. I do a lot nice. of yeah, a lot of a lot of running, um, uh, small weights like not too much in the weight room. I think it's not that important when you're um in camp. You know, I think you get your strength outside of camp, and then <clears throat> you worry about your martial arts. You know, in camp, like I'd rather do like you know five five minute rounds of sparring rather than doing my weights. Like yeah, I'd rather that <clears throat> I'd rather my weights not hinder my um, MMA training. Put it that way. Okay. 
that's cool that's cool so let's say you can you by any chance like run me through like a typical week for you like uh, how many sessions do you normally do a week and what are the type of sessions that you normally do a week and how much do they vary depending on where you are in the camp yeah so <clears throat> typical week monday we do pads at nitro like pads and drills so you know about eight or nine rounds on the pads so quite a bit and then um I'll have a break and then in the afternoon I'll do my run, my running session, which is um, pretty fairly intense, the running session. So that's Monday because Monday I, I don't go to Integrated. I stay at Nitro for the day and um, work. And then Tuesday uh, I do – I actually do boxing sparring Tuesday at Nitro and I only do about six rounds on Tuesdays because I have to go to Integrated that night and we do MMA sparring uh, Tuesday night as well. So that one, that day is pretty heavy. Tuesday is a pretty heavy day. So I'll do six boxing rounds in the morning and then at night I'll do my MMA rounds, which is like probably three fives with small gloves, like sevens and small shin pads. And um, that's where we get our, you know, our good hard work in. So um, <clears throat> that's Tuesday. Wednesday is a little bit lighter. So we do a bit of pads at uh, Nitro and Wednesday, just light, not too much, <clears throat> probably about five rounds. And then um, Wednesday night, I go down to Integrated and I do some jiu-jitsu. But um, depends how I'm feeling. Sometimes I go hard. Sometimes I just sort of flow. Depends how the body is, you know. And then um, Thursday, I do sparring at Nitro again, boxing. But that's a bit more heavy because I don't have to go to Integrated that night. So I do about between eight and ten rounds of boxing. So depends who's there on the day and, um, you know, um, how many training parts we've got and, how the body is, but yeah, generally eight to ten boxing rounds, and then in the afternoon I'll do my run. So that's another heavy day, heavy day Thursday, Friday we do pads and nitro, pads and skills, you know, drills, pads, just depends what coach wants. And then um, Friday night I go to integrate, and that's where we wrestle. So we do our freestyle wrestling Friday night. So that's a pretty hard uh, night of the week. That's you know we just do a few drills and then we sort of go for it. Five, five to six rounds of wrestling, you know, three-minute rounds. So it's pretty hard freestyle wrestling. Just sort of go for it and get some good work in. So um, that's Friday. And then Saturday, I just do my one-run session on Saturday. Depending how I feel. Sometimes I might not do it. And um, sometimes I might just recover the whole week. And, you know, I might just do a few saunas with stretching and maybe go for, like, a light job. Just depends how I'm feeling. Yeah. That's a typical week for me. Yeah, that is a heavy week, man. That is a lot. It's like, yeah, it's I was going yeah. to ask, like, how do you recover from all that? Like, do you do, how, do you have like someone helping you with your nutrition or anything like that? Um, yeah, well, I'm with the Geordie from the Flight Dietitian. So mm -hmm. I'm him, you know, I get massage once a week. You know, I've got a good massage for the first time. I sleep well. I always sleep well. That's a really big thing. How many hours um, do you get a night? I think between seven and a half to eight, like probably every night, Ooh, which is which is all right. Like it's enough. That's that's good. That's good. Yeah, like uh, that seven and a half at least. That's a sweet spot for a lot of people. I uh, tell yeah. me. Um, usually, when people say they get less than seven, or they get like five, or even less, that their day is like shite. But yeah. whenever they get at least seven, that's a really good sweet spot for a lot of athletes. Yeah. 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 I do listen to my body. You know, some days I might be feeling a bit banged up. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I might go not as hard. You know, I do listen. I do take days off during the week sometimes. Depends how I feel. But I'm not stupid at my training. I always, well, yeah, take a day off here and there if I need it, which is important. I think a lot of athletes get in their head that they have to train hard every day. <clears throat> and don't get me wrong, I love training hard, but sometimes you need to have a rest, like a day or even two days where you just take a rest. You're not going to lose any you don't want to lose any fitness. If not, you're gonna you're gonna get better when you get back in the gym. Understood, understood, man. So next up, I want to say like I don't want to jump too far ahead. I don't want to like put anything any words in your mouth. But uh, one thing I always like to ask fighters, really, uh, there's let's say in the future, man, when you make it, eventually you'll be going to the UFC or if you make it into another organization. Is there anyone in particular that you would like to fight, considering the lightweight division? in the UFC right now is an absolute bloody shark tank. Right, there's so much stacked talent. But there's anyone, if you could fight anyone from any organization in your weight category, who would you fight? Probably Dustin Poirier. <laughs> right, so no, again, I I'd say Dustin Poirier. Oh, calling out the big now. Okay, all right. That's a big, so right. That's a big question. <laughs> yeah. Well, this but, goes, um, I've got, yeah, yeah I got... You know, you have to think like that. You know, one day you could fight these guys that you're watching on the TV, and like you, you could be in that organization. So you know, you gotta you gotta have that mindset. I think you can't just think that these guys are away from you at level. But when like you could be there, like in a couple of years, you know, two or three years, or even less. That's awesome, man. I like. I really appreciate that mindset. Uh, now, I'm actually glad that you brought that up as well because, you know, a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago, we had the uh, Conor McGregor leg break against Dustin Poirier. Yeah. And I'm just going around asking all the fighters I'm interviewing, like, what's what's your take on McGregor now? Do you think he can come back from that? Oh, I, I think he can, he can come back. He definitely can come back. Um, I think it's a pretty big um, mind, like, tough mentor. You know, I've never broken my leg before, but I'm sure it'd be a tough gig. Trying to come back from that, and um, especially the way he went. So I definitely think he can come back, but yeah, definitely a nasty break. And do you reckon they will, what do you reckon should be next for him? Do you reckon they should give him the fourth fight, the fourth ever UFC fight between two opponents against Dustin Poirier, or do you think he should move on to something else? I think he should move on to another fight. Mm. I think we've seen enough of that fight, three fights now. And it looked like, you just never know, though. Like, you never know that, mate. It's a fucking crazy sport. Like, mm. McGregor might have got up and faced him up and, like, knocked him out or, like, Dustin would have kept smashing him. You just never know. It's just it's a fucking it's a crazy sport. Anything can happen, can it? Understood, man. Understood. Now, uh, we're, just had, uh, we're just a little bit struck for time, man. I just wanted to say, finish it, just keep this going for a little bit longer. I just wanted to finish this up by saying, uh, man, uh, there any along your road of you know in the MMA, and I don't believe in being a self-made man. I believe that everybody's got people behind them, and I, I believe that some people has got assistance. So this is the time from the podcast. Uh, this is what I would like to ask: Is there anyone who you'd like to thank, or any uh, sponsors you'd like to you know extend your gratitude to? So by all means. Yeah. So I just want to thank my coaches, Adrian Payne. And Blair Studley, they're always, um, you know, leading the way for me. And also my uh, couple of my good sponsors and my close friends are Nate from Alpha Hair Clinic. So 
can find him on Instagram, Alpha Hair Clinic, A-L-P-H-A, Hair Clinic. And also uh, my good mate Scott from Formup, which is civil construction. You can find him on Instagram, uh, Formup, just F-O-R-M-U-P, no spaces. So, yeah, my great appreciation to all those guys. Awesome. Now, the last question I just wanted to ask you, man, you got your big fight in 7th of August. What are your predictions on how you would like the fight to go? <clears throat> I think I'll wear him down a little bit. You know, I think I'll keep up the pace with him for a few rounds and then <clears throat> I think I'll start to overpower him with my, <clears throat> my cardio and um, my skills and I think I'll get the finish in round three or four. Awesome, man. Well, I'll certainly be cheering for you. So I'll be betting for you. I was betting on this. Well, I didn't really bet. Uh, but I'll certainly be cheering for you back here in Perth, man. All the best. And thank you so much Thanks, for your man. time, man. Take care. Thanks, All right. Man. One more time. Dan Till, Dan Till, everybody. Thank you very much.